AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. After yesterday's strong price action, the grain markets went on the defensive today, with markets giving back a chunk of Tuesday's gains. The cotton market bucked the trend and posted an upside reversal. Live cattle were mostly lower, feeders mostly higher, and lean hog features ended the day mixed. Live from what Davis Michelson calls the peak of hump day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Glenn Ring of Glenn Ring Enterprises. Right after the news with Michelle Rook, we'll get market perspective from Todd Horwitz of BubbaTrading.com. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Big Apple Joe, thank you so much. Welcome to AgriTalk, everyone. Glad that you are with us on this Wednesday afternoon. 38 degrees, an occasional snowflake out there, overcast in northeast Iowa. It feels like a late December day. Uh, but, boy, I'll, I'll I'll keep the 38 degrees. There's no question about that. It's a whole lot better than uh, than we've been at other times. Michelle Ruck up in South Dakota. How you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great, Chip. How about you? Doing real fine, real fine. Uh, what's the weather like up your way? Uh, we are seeing some light snow flurries and temperatures uh, hovering just above freezing right now. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I tell you what, it, it was one of those days in the markets. Remember yesterday when we, we talked about what was going on in the wheat market in particular, those nice gains that we saw, 20-plus cent gains in the right. wheat futures. We thought, boy, if they can build on that for tomorrow, it can start to turn into something. But even yesterday we said it feels like uh, we get strong gains at the start of a holiday-shortened week and then spend the rest of the week trying to hold on to those gains. Uh, gave back a chunk of those gains today, and and it provided spillover pressure onto corn, which weighed on the soy complex as well. All right, yeah, let's get to the news. Consolidation. You bet. Yeah. A round of profit taking did hit that wheat market following those big price advances yesterday. Tuesday's gains in wheat were driven in part by Ukraine's counteroffensive that reportedly caused heavy damage to a Russian warship. That headline limited selling interest and the lack of a headline from Ukraine today brought the sellers back into the wheat market. Also giving sellers more confidence in today's trade is an increase in shipping activity on the Red Sea, where the Middle Eastern terrorist groups are doing what they can to disrupt global commerce. Mert suffered winter wheat futures posted an inside trading day with a high range open and a low range close. March HRW wheat futures were seven and three quarter cents lower at 635. March SRW wheat down 13 and a quarter at 623. March spring wheat closing at 7.21 and three quarters down seven and a half cents. All right. Yeah. You know, I, I want to mention the energy markets already because normally I would wait until we get to the soy complex, but crude oil futures a buck and a half lower today. I think that kind of uh, just put, put the entire commodity complex on the defensive today. And a lot of it has to do with what is happening in the Red Sea and, and restarting some of that shipping activity there. 
Yeah, definitely felt defensive. Yes. March corn futures also posted an inside trading day with a high range open and a low range close. The front month contract briefly traded above that 480 mark, but quickly rejected that price level. There continues to be concern about the Safrina corn crop in Brazil, but crop watchers are growing more confident in the recovery of the Argentine corn crop after three consecutive years of drought. Export demand for U.S. corn also remains a concern for corn market bulls. That is likely to cap rally potential in old crop corn futures until more is known about the South American crop potential. March corn futures were three and three quarters cents lower on the day at 476 and a half. May corn down three and three quarters cents at 488 and a half. You know, it feels like all we're doing right now, Michelle, is moving bushels around South America. If we lose bushels of beans out of Brazil, we're picking them up in Argentina. Lose bushels of corn out of Brazil, pick them up in Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay. Uh, that can only go on for so long, though, because of the big acreage differences between Brazil and the rest of South American countries that are participating in the export markets. But right now, just moving bushels around. Yeah, definitely. With the rebound in Argentina, I don't know, Brazil on a soybean crop is going to have to be at least sub 150, isn't it, to yeah, start yeah, getting the so. market's attention? I think yeah. so. As far as the soybeans, March soybean oil did open slightly lower and fell through support at 48 cents for a second consecutive session before short covering entered the market. The higher close in bean oil helped soybean futures erase early losses. March bean futures also opened lower and were dragged lower by the product markets for most of the session, but prices rallied late to close above the opening range. Central Brazil is expected to see just scattered rains the next 10 days, but the forecast has turned wetter for the northeastern production areas. March beans were a penny and a half higher at 1320 and a half. May beans up one and one half cent to 1329 and a half. And it sounds like the palm oil market is starting to firm up. Back-to-back gains in the palm oil, palm oil market certainly helping out the soybean oil prices. Yeah, and we need that because bean oil has taken a hit for sure. Oh, yeah, it's ugly right now. Under 50 cents? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, no doubt. It's really hurt crush margins. Uh, yep. March cotton was 48 points higher on the day at 80.53. And in the livestock, Feb live cattle down 112.5 to 169.27.5. March feeders were up 82.5 to 225.40. And over in the hogs, February hogs 57.5 higher, 69.87.5. All right, Michelle, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You bet. All right, that's Michelle Rook. Um, okay, let's bring in Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. How you doing, Bubba? Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. What's up, brother? Hey, yeah, what's up is the Dow. The stocks are making their way to another record high for the for today's <laughs> close, man. Listen, there's no buying. Nobody cares. They're going to go up every day until they don't, and uh, – you know, it's all that, that free money and that money supply. And, you know, listen, we'll see what happens next year. But right now they're going up and there's no reason to get in front of them. And there's no business. There's no, there's no buy them in the grain markets at all. There's no buy them. In, there's no buy them in any product anywhere. So yeah. right now it's just like uh, the, the C team is in place right now. Yeah. Yeah. What lesson from 23 are you going to take with you into 24 to help give you a little guidance on trade? 
Well, I mean, it's hard to take any real guidance, Chip, because you you don't you never get the true facts of what's going on. I mean, I mean, they're trying to sell the fact that inflation was negative in November, which we know it wasn't. I mean, right. you know, go to the grocery store and tell me it's really negative. The problem is, is that we don't get enough real information anymore, and they don't really let the free markets trade the way they're supposed to trade. You've got too much Fed intervention. You've got too much government intervention. You got too many things going on, and I think that we just have to finally just let the markets and the asset classes price themselves, and we find out what real prices should be. Because certainly, the higher interest rates are really not bad for the economy. The economy can support it. You can see by the housing sales and everything else. You know, you know, we go back a long time, and interest rates were a lot higher before they started playing with them, and they could, and every had nobody had a problem with them. And this is when you when you start trying to play with the markets, you create uh, artificial. Uh, numbers that really don't mean anything. I mean, you know, look at the prices of the, the Dow. I started in 1980, it was 800. Now it's 37,000. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Bubba, Happy New Year, my friend. My I song. appreciate happy you. Happy New Year, guys. Davis appreciates uh, you. And I know on. that the AgriTalk uh, listeners uh, do, buddy. Love the show. My best to Davis and Michelle, too. Have a great one, everybody. Happy New Year. All right. That's Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. Glen Ring, Glen Ring Enterprises is up next. Man, we've got a long list of issues that we need to talk about with Glen. We'll do that next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. The truth is hard to come by these days unless you listen to AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Okay, so Big Apple and I are talking during the commercial break, wondering what bowl games are on today. Wednesday, December 27th, the Military Bowl just started. That is Tulane versus Virginia Tech. Uh, today at 5.30 Eastern, you've got Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, that it's actually, It looks like a good game to me. North Carolina versus West Virginia. Heck yes. Uh, tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox, is the Holiday Bowl, Louisville versus Southern Cal, and the Texas Bowl. Clinton Griffiths, Oklahoma State University, versus Texas A&M on ESPN at 9 Eastern. So, some good games today. Heads up on that. Heads up. All right. Um, welcome back. Let's get into this conversation right now with Glenn Ring from Glenn Ring Enterprises. Glenn. My goodness gracious. Happy holidays, buddy. How are you? I am uh, doing okay. I'm doing pretty well all in all. Good. 
Good, good, good. I got good. smart enough to stay out of South Dakota this weekend when I was planning on going, but uh, the old yeah. farm boy and me uh, registered that we these systems were colliding and the National Sur uh, Weather Service wasn't being uh, aggressive enough in their forecast. Right. So, so you, you stayed home and stayed out of the yep. way of the weather, huh? I did. Yep. I did. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. Boy, I tell you, I just, you know, talking with Bubba, talking about here we are, we're making our way to some new highs in equities. And the whole time I'm thinking about it, it it's, it's, it's treasuries, right, Glenn? It is. It is. The treasuries, the treasury markets uh, have held the marketplace hostage for about the last 18 months. And if you if you track them long term, they've had a, a major impact on markets for the last four or five decades. But in the last 18 months or so, they, they held them hostage. And it, to me, it made sense as they were collapsing. The uh, cost of money to the system keeps rising. And that includes the cost of the money for the Treasury, uh, for the Fed, et cetera, to, to behave and finance this, the, the country. So as fast as we were creating money, the Treasury rates were uh, working to siphon the money energy out of the system and we've seen this happen before uh and sad to say that would be 1930 yeah. uh type time frame when we saw that happen uh what's striking is that the fed put the brakes on the hiking recently and uh they didn't do that in 1930 um both times their their worry was about inflation and fought it tooth and nail yep. but the the system to me is showing evidence of uh, it's be, it's going to become a cash bull market in all likelihood okay. that the, the, the equities and not equities yet necessarily yet because they're trailing indicator stock market's a trailing indicator, but other markets are, are uh, have to fight for capital. Okay. A cash bull market. Explain that. Yep. If you have $8 corn, one bushel of corn buys $8. Okay. If the cash goes into a bull market and corn price of corn falls to $4, it takes two bushels to buy $8. Yep. So the value of the currency, not on an exchange rate necessarily, in other words, not the dollar index, but the buying power or actually the system starts becoming starved. And people will say, I can't be starved because all that money is out there. We weren't short of liquidity in the 1930s either, but the velocity of money ground to a halt. Yeah. Uh, I haven't looked at it lately, but earlier this year, the velocity had gone negative yeah. uh, on the money supply. So, right. and that's very, very rare. Right. So it's how fast the money turns over and people start sitting on cash. And so the cash doesn't, it's out there, but it doesn't go in the system. I always, uh, example I like to use, take the Hoover Dam when it's full, all that water behind the dam. But if you don't open the gates, you don't produce any electricity. Exactly. No energy is produced. No water goes downstream. Right. Right. Yeah. Water has no value if it's not right. moving and being used. Right. It's hmm. it's stored. Right. It's kinetic energy, but it's just not released. Yes. So, and the same thing going on here. The money will be siphoned out of the system. Uh, if we, if we follow the historical pattern, and uh, that tends to follow, by the way, a time of, of massive speculation, like we had in in uh, 2008, and and we're still feeling the impact of that. But 2008, and then and then again in the uh, post COVID, 
yeah. uh, as we tried to pump the system back to life. Yeah. But, okay. So as as this money is is drained out of the system, what does it do to the value of the dollar itself? Not necessarily on a currency exchange rate because it depends on how it's happening around the world. But let me flip it around for you real quickly. The Japanese uh, yen was yeah. uh, cut in half in value over a handful of years, and their stock market about doubled in price. On that, they went nowhere. So, But as far as the currency itself, cash becomes king eventually because prices come down uh, because people mm -hmm. sell more and more stuff to compete to get cash. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you th remember the stories about the 1930s when personal belongings were left along the roadside in the southern yeah. plains when people moved because it had no value. Right. They couldn't sell it for anything. They couldn't convert it to cash. Right. So that's what I'm not necessarily talking something like that bad. But we saw that in the mid-80s in agriculture. Oh, so yeah. Well, we, we have even, the same problem. And, and we've seen it in some segments of agriculture since then. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, pigs, pigs, pigs in 98 sure sucked. Yep. What's the last two things to peak in a bull market in agriculture? Land and yeah. and brood cows. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we overinflate. We, we, we buy the factories. We, we buy more pro productive capabilities, and then they start tumbling after later. Yep. Well, that land market is certainly not showing any signs of backing <laughs> off at this point. Good Lord, what's happening up in northwest Iowa again yeah. is, uh, is eye-popping. 25,000, is becoming common. But, 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 but what he was talking about, the system being not necessarily rigged but interfered with, our ag market, our ag land isn't in an ag market. It's in a total investor market, the totality of it. So okay. it isn't running just off of ag fundamentals. Right. Right. And by that, I mean, the farmer that's buying it can still be considered an investor, correct? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. But but most people that buy land right now knows it won't pencil from a pure production standpoint. Right. So you're right. betting on the come on that. And that's the way it's often been in the, in the, in agriculture and in the land markets. Right. Okay. So the, sum up this treasury conversation for me, Glenn. Sure. I mean, it's a huge story in 2023. What's it going to mean in 2024? We're about to, we don't know yet, but I had a 72-month turn. I projected out from the last time we turned six years later that we would turn in September or October of this year. We did. We made major lows in the treasuries, which would mean major highs in yields. But major lows don't mean that the downtrend turns up. It means not down on the treasuries or not up on the yields for now. The first rally, about three months long typically, is a relief rally from that collapse. Now we have to find out if there's any legs behind that or if it was just a taking a breath before we roll over and go south again. Because of the volatility that we've seen in in the treasury markets, the high odds are that we're going to be not trending really big picture for a year or two, maybe longer. So that's what scares me the most is if we do start trending back down and we take out the lows of 2023, then we have a severe cash crunch going on uh, okay. because the treasuries are having to compete for cash too. Okay. But 
the the uh, treasuries tend to make a pretty significant call it a weekly chart turn around the first week of January many years and the fact that we've rallied into that time frame right now looks to me to be setting us up for a high in the treasuries now we have to find out if that caps the first three month relief rally then what follows that tells me more about what's coming my best guess is we will drift back down rather than collapse and as long as we don't just flat out collapse and fall apart at the seams um i think that we'll have a stable coming year the problem is we've raised the cost of money We'll get a little bit of relief, but we're not going back to what the cost of money was three three years ago. We're up here at a at a four hundred percent increase in the cost of money, so the system has to deal with higher costs, and yes. and that is a major drain on the system. Yeah, so it takes takes the steam out of out of the uh, inflation argument for the commodity arena. With my yeah. with my clientele, I talk about inflation being two different things. Retail inflation, what the Fed talks about, is not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about the commodity arena and inflation in there. And this is not an inflationary environment right now. Okay. At best, it's neutral. At worst, it's it's deflationary or disinflationary. Okay. One of the big wild cards for 2024 and how all of the markets are going to perform is how consumers will perform. I want to talk about that. Human behavior. Glenn, this is one of your spots that I just can't wait to get to this part of the conversation with you. We're talking with Glenn Ring, Glenn Ring Enterprises here on AgriTalk. Let's head on over to the markets page at profarmer.com and recap where the markets closed. March HRW wheat futures seven and three quarter cents lower at 635. March SRW wheat down 13 and a quarter. Two six twenty three, March corn futures three and three quarter cents lower four seventy six and a half. May corn down three and three quarter cents four eighty eight and a half. March beans penny and a half higher thirteen twenty and a half. May beans up one and one half cents to thirteen twenty nine and a half. March cotton today forty eight points higher at eighty fifty three. February live cattle down one twelve and a half to one sixty nine twenty seven and a half. April futures down 47 and a half cents to 172.97 and a half. March feeders up 82 and a half to 225.40. February lean hogs 57 and a half higher, 69.87 and a half. Go to tryprofarmer.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. 
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag AgriTalk. Let's launch right back into this conversation with Glenn Ring from Glenn Ring Enterprises. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glenn, um... The the impact of, of Treasury rates and the, the increasing cost of money and so on, as we were talking about in the last segment, it's all very important, but it comes down to consumer resiliency, spending habits, use of money, use of debt. It, all of that's going to be a primary driver for the, for the markets, whether we're talking equities or commodities, in 2024, right? Correct. Correct, and and that's that's very true, and the pattern of behavior on the consumer side appears to be consistent of other times when we've just come through a speculative bubble. We've rapidly gone from great condition on terms of borrowing a, a couple of years ago during the COVID and all the liquidity that provided to now being swinging to the other extreme, uh, indebtedness rates. So you know we've gone yeah. over a trillion dollars of of unsecured consumer debt now, uh, yeah. which that's just a number, but uh, but but it's still being a record, and the amount of uh, defaults that are showing up, uh, and and their cost of borrowing because they're not paying off cards, and thus they are paying the higher rates, and taking more energy out of the system. So the, if history holds true, they're going to go from a feeling of affluence to working on a, on a, a feeling of I want to become secure. And if that doesn't do it, then they start worrying about surviving. But right now we're worrying about just becoming secure. And then they tend to start becoming much more conservative in their habits, mm-hmm. which, by the way, helped the cattle market probably. Okay, as, explain. As they back as they back away from uh, buying big ticket items, they kept buying, they kept treating themselves with the premium meats. And how do I know that? That's a pro-farmer study from the 1980s and 90s. Yep. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I've I've thought about that study several times, Glenn. Yeah. And with the consumer habits that we see from younger consumers, millennials, sure. That that we see now only support what we learned in the eighties and nineties about spending on items like beef in slower economic times. They Correct. will continue to spend money on beef. They will. Until, yeah. until they get into so much uh, pain and trouble that they can't. Right now, also talk to your retail meat people and 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 ask them who buys the premium cuts of meat. The the uh, young up and comers and the elderly, and I yep. don't mean old, but I'm talking about the mature audience who tends to be more affluent and more resilient. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, and the, you know the other thing is. Those older consumers, I'll throw myself into that that uh, group. Welcome yeah. to my world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be that we'd, you know, it, it, it would take two 16-ounce steaks to, to make me and my wife happy. Yes. Now you can get away with eating one of those steaks. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, That you know, doesn't help the system. The, the aging demographics no, doesn't no. help. No, not at all. And the fact so, that we, 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 as long as we mentioned the cattle, we've yeah. we've gotten all the optimism I can see into that market there. Whether there's one more new high or not, 
for all practical purposes, we're topping out the 10 year cycle yeah. and we should be down into 2026. Yep. I mean, 10 year cycle in cattle ends in a year that, uh, or yeah. And peaks in usually a year that, that ends in three, uh, bottoms in a year that ends in six. Yeah. Um, here it is. It feels like it's back on track, but I can't rule out a move to a, to a new contract high based on the or new all time high, based on the fundamentals in that market in in sometime in twenty twenty four. Glenn, um, the pieces have to fall together. But but I ask, how much have it already priced in? How much of it is it already priced in? The fact that the whole, whole industry knows the numbers. Well, uh, you know the low the the small cow herd, et cetera. At some yeah. point, it's priced in. And if, when I was on with you, I believe it was in May, May. I projected 196 April cattle. Yep. And, and I actually I literally got laughed at uh, after the show. And so I was thrilled because I knew there was a good chance we'd get it. <laughs> and we got it. Yep. So. Yeah. 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 But, and, but and, I should give people hope right now. We broke for three months. That's typical in cattle, three and six month increments. So there's a good chance that we're going to try to rebound for the better part of three months. It may not have the zip or it may. Whatever it gives us, that's when I'm looking to to uh, to uh, hedge the cattle market, the uh, mid late winter. Okay. Hey, let's stay on the cycles, okay? Yes. Since we we did that with the cattle, take us over to uh, soybeans. Corn and soybeans uh, right now share one rhythm. It's a it's a it's a sixty month rhythm, five year rhythm, um, and they are both due to turn the fourth quarter of of 2024. It's hard to know. You can't know in advance whether it'll be a low or a high. But right now, based upon other inputs called what I, I track yearly volatility and the volatility peaks that we've made in recent years, we should be defensive into 20, to, the, to late 2024 in those markets. And I'm really quite afraid for the soybean people in the sense that if you look back at 2022 and since in corn and wheat, stand back at a distance and say, what's the trend? Well, it's been clear. It's down. It's still down. Major trends down. If July beans get out below $13 and stay there, down also, and it'd be their turn to melt down like corn and wheat have. And sadly, if, if July corn goes below uh, $4.91 on a sustained basis, you know, we're talking $4.20, maybe $3.50. And so mm. a lot of meltdown is still available out there. And the only explanation I have for it is the cost of cash an equity, a liquidity issue in those markets. Mm -hmm. Okay. So okay. also, by the way, Chip, in yeah. nine of the last four, uh, nine of the last 52 years, we have made the high or low for the year in December corn in the first three trading days of the year. Okay. Say that again. In nine of the last 52 years, we have made the high or low for corn, December corn, for the year, in the first three trading days of the year. Okay. That just blows away anything from uh, from uh, data distribution. Uh, uh, not random and not evenly distributed because in, in, in 52 years, you should have one in each of 51, 52 weeks. Mm. And to have nine of them all in the first week. Right. Gotcha. So if we make a high or a low and then come back and break it on a closing basis, that takes one of the sides out of the play. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, wheat. Give me wheat cycles. 
Wheat is a psycho, starting with a P.S., not, not psycho. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Glenn. I trade wheat and I need help. Uh, yeah. Wheat, uh, wheat is not clear to me right now on the cycles and can sometimes turn before the rest. But uh, my work had showed a bounce in December into about the 10th of January. And then if that doesn't hold, we roll over and go south. If we go, if we finish this week on the chin, light trade or not, and then are down next week, I'm fearful that our bounce was cut short. And that's been a pattern we've seen in commodities uh, failing to sustain those that once they fall out of favor, they play they 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 underperform rather than overperform. Okay. The other thing All I right. want to throw out to everybody is look at the noise we've seen around wheat. You know the Ukraine war, uh, corn production issues this past year, even soybeans this past year. We threw a lot of bullishness to these markets, and what have they done? Yeah, gone down. That's trouble. Yep. That's trouble. Yep, absolutely. Any good news for the hog guys on the cycles? Oh, God, no. <laughs> mm. Three and a half year cycle low due ideally in April, from April to early summer. Uh, mm. If we break below recent lows, I've got low 50s in mind oh, on a no. classic hog washout. Oh, yes, I'm afraid. All this stuff coming together, Chip, makes me think it's not internal to agriculture, but external issues that are probably going to tank us. Outside forces are going to take energy out of our system the way it reads to me. What have you given thought to what that outside force might be? What well, do we watch for? Uh, the first one that's going to scare the crap out of me is with what the Fed has said, and the market is reportedly pricing in seven or eight interest rate cuts in 2024. If they say, oh, uh, excuse us, we're hiking again. Yeah. Think what that would do to upset the apple cart. Well, when you so look at the, the inflation, one. the patterns of inflation, it wouldn't, it it should, it would shouldn't be a surprise if inflation comes back once we start that's to true. cut rates, right? That's true. Or even if we don't cut rates, as long as we're taking the pressure off, if yeah. people are still willing to use their credit cards and pay for things, but I'm a little bit nervous about crossing into next year because some of the feel of this market reminds me of late 2019. In all the years I've been writing letters since 1985, once I put out a red alert, and that was in January of 2020, before I knew about COVID. I don't mm. think it's at that level, but I'm very, very nervous about if we don't, if we're not resilient during January, we could start a really bad year. Yeah. Okay. And now um, this also explains why you had me on after Christmas, not before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, I'd have been. I'd been posted up in green and, and called the Grinch. So yeah, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. No, I knew the I, I knew what kind of a conversation we were going to be getting into, Glenn. Uh, it, and and a, a lot of it has to do just with very simply with how people are going to react to the higher cost of money in the year ahead. I think that's that's the bottom that's line. A lot of it. That's a lot yeah. of it. That is a lot of it. And, and and always keep an eye on stuff when you have production threatened and markets don't rally. You know, like the South American issues, et cetera. When production's threatened and markets don't rally, listen to the markets. Yep. Listen to the markets. That's Watch the sound, trends. Listen to the markets. That is sound and sage advice at any time, but especially right now. I agree. Oh, my friend, it's great to yes. talk with you again, even though the message isn't all that great. Have a very happy new year, buddy. Thank you. We'll All do. right. 
That is Glenn Ring, Glenn Ring Enterprises. I'll be back to try to wrap that up here in a moment. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Wow. So what does all that mean? Huh? <laughs> Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Uh, very interesting conversation with Glenn Ring. Glenn Ring Enterprises. It seems to be that the weight is is building on these markets, whether we're talking about what's happening with the money supply and the money flow, uh, consumer spending habits, uh, human behavior, the 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 cycles that are in the markets, um, things are kind of piling up on these markets. So, you know, during the break, it had a couple of uh, listeners reach out and say, "So, does this mean just sell? You know, do do we?" Sell it in early January and walk away from it. I don't think Glenn would say that. I don't think Glenn would say, listen, all of this means that the markets are going straight down. Quite contrary, I think Glenn would say what this is telling us is this is the overall trend or or uh, vibe. Yeah, vibe of the markets for the year ahead. It may not mean the markets are going straight down. But it does mean that you need to be looking for the selling opportunities when they come around. How many times in in the last, boy, I guess since the November crop production report, uh, when USDA gave us that, that bit of an increase in the, the national average corn yield, bean yield, and suggested that the size of the 2023 corn and soybean crops was done going down okay doesn't mean that it's going to get a whole lot bigger it's just done going down that was a change in attitude in the grains now all of a sudden we start believing a 2.1 billion bushel carryover at the end of the 2023-24 marketing year now all of a sudden we start believing that we can end the 23-24 marketing year for soybeans above 200 million bushels. 245 is the number right now. It starts to change attitudes. It does not erase the fact that Brazil is having a weather issue. Um, 
it doesn't erase the fact that that some demand that we were longing for earlier this fall has finally come back to the markets. We've seen that increase in corn demand. I'd like to see an increase in corn shipments, actual uh, you know inspections, uh, so that we don't have to worry so much about the bean sales that are on the books yet unshipped. So I want to, I, I, we, we've got that problem to fix. So it doesn't change the, the long-term big picture issues that we've talked about with Glenn doesn't change any of the short-term influ- uh, 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 fundamentals in the market. Does it change how you should react to some of the short-term fundamentals in the market? I believe it does. Uh, we've been talking about selling rallies in corn. You know what? And you know, I don't. I, I don't want to. You know, get too goofy in this conversation. But I've caught myself asking, asking myself the question. When I look at the corn market, what is a rally? You know, it, it used to be that if I was talking about a rally in corn, I'd be thinking about is somewhere between 60 and 80 cents. Now, when I think about a rally in the corn market, I'm thinking about 30, 35 cents. Can we get the DS 24 contract back up into that 530, 535 range? And if we can... Does that rally deserve to be sold the way things stand right now because of some of the big picture stuff that Glenn was talking about? I think it probably does. Can a short term fundamental overwhelm it for at least a short period of time? Yes. But all that is is a better selling opportunity. I don't think it changes the overall trends or overall cycles that are in the market. Hmm. This, uh, it, 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 uh, I, I, and I don't, I, I don't even want to say that the momentum has built up to the point because it doesn't feel like this is a market that, you know, all of a sudden it's going to be, corn's going to be 40 cents lower o- over the course of six or eight trading days. That's not how this market feels to me. But this market does feel like if it doesn't want to rally knowing that Brazilian corn acres, Safrina corn acres, are going to be down at least 10% from last year. If the corn market doesn't want to rally with that knowledge, then you have to question what is going to make the market rally. And how do you adjust your, your risk management strategy around that kind of an overall negative attitude. And it it may not be a negative attitude among the people that are participating in the corn market every day, but it's an attitude among the people that are managing the money that 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 moves the market. I, I don't think there's any question about that. So uh, something that we we need to think about as you measure how aggressive you are going to be with some of those sales as we get into 2024. Wow. Okay. Uh, National Weather Service, 6 to 10 day outlook. This is for December 2nd through the 6th. 
Above normal temperatures, North Dakota, Minnesota, Northeast Iowa, Wisconsin, Northern Illinois. Near normal temperatures across the west of the Corn Belt. You get into below normal temperatures when we get into the southern uh, quarter of of the country. Below normal precipitation also expected over Minnesota, Iowa, Northern Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan. Uh, So a lot of the Corn Belt near normal precipitation expected in North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Northeast Kansas. So some movement there when we jump out to the 8 to 14 day. Those below normal temperatures that are down in the south are pushing further up to the north. I'd call it mostly near normal to, yeah, call it mostly near normal temperatures in the Corn Belt, above normal in the southern areas. And we've got some above normal precipitation making its way into the outlook. Thank you so much for listening today. Come back tomorrow morning, Senator Marshall from Kansas and Tom Karst from the Packers.